Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week we try our best to stay on topic as we talk about movies. And this week, we're talking about... Star Wars. Yes, we're talking Star Wars. Talking about Star Wars. You good? Yeah, yeah, I had to get that uh, that song out of my way. Good, I'm glad. Yep, we're talking about Star Wars 1977, the movie that started... The pop culture landscape we know today, uh, probably one of the most important movies of the of the late seventies of all time. Of all time. Of all time, definitely started a phenomenon. I mean, if Jaws was a phenomenon, Star Wars was just Star Star Wars dwarfs Jaws in terms of cultural impact. Oh yeah, I mean, it beat Jaws's box uh box office numbers where. Even Steven Spielberg bought out um, an ad in, I think, the LA Times congratulating George Lucas on beating his numbers because it was just extraordinary how many people came out to actually see Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And it stayed in the theater. God, how long did it stay in there for? Like It was over a year, right? Yeah, it was just continuously being run throughout so many theaters. Yeah, so Star Wars is a huge deal to fandom. Really the kickoff of fandom. I would think so. I mean, like, Star Trek's in the 60s, and that was a big fan culture. I think they were doing, like, um, Star Trek conventions in the late, in, like, the mid-70s. Uh, and comic books had always been, like, this weird niche thing, but fandom as we know it now, that was really, like, Star Wars' like, touchstone. It, it transformed how pop culture was, like, received. Yeah, you know, it started... Pop culture really, you know, stuck its feet in for pop culture, fandom. Uh, I mean, if we thought it was a big deal that Jaws came out with promotional toys with their movie, the Star Wars toys were just out of this world wanted, and they just were not expecting that to the point that they had to give out vouchers. You know, hey, you're going to get them yeah, next they year. S- they sold this kid $60 for a scrap of paper, and it said, I owe you two Darth Vader dolls. Yeah, and those toys are ridiculously expensive now. Especially the Boba Fett with the spring action uh, grenade launcher in the back. Oh. Or not a grenade, a uh, rocket launcher. Okay, I got a, I got a question for you, because, like... Uh, we are way too young to be, like, Star Wars OG, right? Well, yeah. F- far too young. We're 90s kids. Yeah. But I remember when Phantom Menace came out, and they tried to do the yeah. same thing with the big toy line mm-hmm. and all this and other stuff. And people were uh, stampeding and trampling each other. They were waiting out there at, what, like, midnight? Yeah, something like that. I remember I saw Phantom Menace, I think, that's opening week? Weekend? Something I like that? I think so, too. Um, and like, like my dad took me to go see it and I was like, oh, cool. Star Wars, Phantom Menace. And you know, it was, it was Phantom Menace and I was a small child and my dad was like, yeah, this is definitely Star Wars, but he still bought me all the toys and shit. I still have some of my Phantom Menace toys. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the ones that came out with like, what was it? Like that square, uh, it was like almost like a cassette. But it was, and it was just like this chip that came with the action figures. Oh, yeah, I remember those. No, I remember they used to have a Jabba, Jabba the Hut that you would put, like, slime in, and you would squeeze it, in, and, like, it would puke stuff or, like, something yeah. like that. It was one of those, like, like that trend of gross-out toys mm-hmm. of, like, the early 2000s. Yeah, the I had, what was it, apart from the action figures, I had the yellow uh, racer. 
or not the racer, the the ship that Anakin and uh, R2 get into. Oh, yeah. At, towards yeah. the end of the movie. I had that, but it shot out like those little discs. Oh, oh, you're lucky. I wanted that one for Christmas. I got like low rent Star Wars toys. Oh, no, I got that from like Big Lots. It was just a score there and I got it. Lucky. Well, yeah, so, but uh, Star Wars 77. Um, there, Where do you want to even get started with this? Because <sighs> I feel like anytime you're going to talk about like the canon, the main canon yeah. of, of geekdom, fandom especially Star Wars, like, people, like, you know, people talk shit about, you know, the Disney stuff, you mm-hmm. know, rightfully so, whatever. They talk shit about the prequels, rightfully so, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the original trilogy, like, that is that still Santa Sanctum? Can we even critique these? It's untouchable. Is it untouchable? It is perfection. We don't touch it. <laughs> we don't try to change it. I, okay. Okay, we don't try to change it, but Lucas can change it as much as he wants. Hey, it's his. We can bitch and moan about, you know, the things that he wants to change to it, but us as viewers, we don't change it. I, I guess, but look, I'm I'm just open with this. New Hope, Star Wars, Star Wars. Love it. I, I love this movie. I think it's one of the best examples of the hero's journey yeah. um, propelled in cinema. I think the world is really cool. I fucking love Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, yes. the every the every man, mm-hmm. uh, the kid who goes from being this farm boy to realizing you know his truth and blah blah blah. Yeah. I think Han Solo or Harrison Ford plays the best scoundrel. He's the best like pirate you know captain Absolutely. you can find. Uh, print, then you have Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, who is just it, you know it's Carrie Fisher. Like everybody loves Carrie Fisher. It's Carrie Fisher, but she's not the damsel in distress. She's the princess that's going to get shit done. Yes. And it's like, I think that's so important for women and also young uh, girls, teenagers, seeing that there's a strong woman. It's like, yes, I'm a princess, but you better believe I'm going to go and get the stuff to defeat the uh, the Empire. Yeah. I'm going to help. I'm going to do good. And I'm going to kick ass at the same time. I thought that was cool because Princess Leia, because, yeah, does she um going around like fighting with a with a lightsaber no but like she'll like shoot back or she talks back to to vader all the time like she's not the oh i'm completely helpless i'm no. aware of what's going on kind of thing but and it's that, like you might kill me but i'm gonna go down with a fight yeah but that's the thing i love a new hope but like uh empire strikes back return of the jedi i might have like less love for because like personally i just i'm just not a major fan of empire and jedi i like them i i I am a trekkie that's just true i enjoy them like i'm don't be wrong i'm probably gonna watch them after this because you know you gotta watch the whole trilogy sure but you know uh yeah i really like a new hope yeah i mean i love a new hope empire is probably my favorite of the trilogy or of the franchise I, i gotta ask everyone says that but i never got it because the story is more developed in empire is it? A New Hope, everything is so brand new, and even though the movie's about two hours, mm-hmm. it moves very fast. Yes. So, you know, we get them for a little bit, and it's just like, wow, that blew my mind. And if you can imagine for the people in 77, it's like, okay, now we have to wait how long until we get something else, Star Wars? And because there's so much that gets put into these movies, it took a while. Not like us, where we get, you know, okay, well, we could just blow through the original 
franchise or trilogy and then jump onto the prequels mm-hmm. but or like the disney properties now where they they made new star wars movies like every two years was that what it was it was about every two years yeah and now we're getting uh like the mandalorian obi-wan obi-wan i have to catch up on but the, the mm-hmm. mandalorian is chef's kiss perfection that mm-hmm. is true star wars i think you need to give it another chance because that <sighs> really harkens back to the world of a new hope I, 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 maybe, like, again, I They go to Tatooine a lot. I know. Well, the thing is, is, like, I gave the Mandalorian the college try, but, again, this is gonna get into I a don't even, thing. I don't even think you gave it the college try. It I, was just, I, I really it was a negotiation. Did. Oh, you know, you watch this, I'll watch that, and you're like, yeah, I'm good, while well, I watched eight episodes of Cowboy Bebop, so. Look, look, I tried. I really did. I'm not lying about this, but here's the Christopher thing. Christopher Lloyd's gonna be in the latest season. <sighs> fine i'll try i'll try again i'll try again but like that's the thing with like a new hope i think i just liked it because it was like so self-contained yeah because it is it's just a standalone movie when you watch it Mm -hmm. right whereas empire is very much a sequel that's leading into jedi and Mm -hmm. jedi is capping off a trilogy that was never meant to be a trilogy it empire is the middle of the book and A New Hope and Return of the Jedi are the bookends. Yeah, but I feel like A New Hope, it's its own book. Because that's the thing with that I guess people don't re- realize about Star Wars, is in terms of when Lucas was writing it out, mm-hmm. he never had any intention of it being this multimedia franchise that would yeah. span decades and all this stuff. That I think that's why a lot of Star Wars, when you look at it in terms of lore mm-hmm. and and the world and the universe and, and the deep stuff, it is an ocean that's about a foot deep. There's a lot of it, but it's not um not everything is developed kind yeah. of thing. But if you look at something like Lord of the Rings, Warhammer forty K, um other other fantasy stuff like that mm-hmm. It's stuff where it's pretty tight, you know. We only really know a lot about, you know, Middle Earth, but it's really deep mm. kind of thing. It's it's a pond that's, you know, a thousand a thousand meters deep kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, there's been books that have been written since 77, really diving into the worlds, the planets, the mm-hmm. lore of Star Wars. So I can't really say Star Wars isn't that deep. I haven't read every book, but the story's really, you know, expanded and evolved since 77 so i think you just haven't really stuck your foot in too deep to that ocean of star wars well i i did i read some of the expanded universe stuff like splinter of the mind's eye and um the the timothy zahn trilogy that everybody says was that's the true sequel to the original trilogy Mm -hmm. i read that stuff but the thing is is i guess what i'm saying is directly from lucas like george Mm -hmm. lucas yeah he never had any real ideas of it's like well what is the force i think if you asked george lucas 1977 a week before the movie premieres and you saw rough cut you're like what's the force he probably would have just said it's magic don't worry about it yeah that probably would have been his answer and i which is neither here nor there like it's you know it's a movie and it's a great work of fiction it's a great film especially when you have you know sir alec guinness as obi-wan explaining the force you know where it's everything around you just powering you and the fact that he being a good guy is just you know he uses the force for good alec guinness is so good in this movie yeah. and he's he's only in it for what is he he's not in a lot of the movie yeah this this isn't one where i checked his role time because 
It, it feels like he's in a lot of it. If because they have him so spaced out, you know, oh there he is, you know, turning off um what is it? So he's turning off stuff so the ship can get out of um orbit or whatever. The yeah, I, I can't remember what it was. I just watched it too. But you know, you have him running around until, you know, his final confrontation with Darth Vader. Mm. And it's just his presence is so strong, and I think that's why he's perfect for this movie. He's perfect for Empire. He he is the English actor that adds gravitas to the role. He's just Obi Wan. He is. Is he, is he the best Obi Wan? Oh, because then you have him oh. versus Ewan McGregor, and Ewan McGregor I, was I, the Obi Wan I grew up with. I, and he's I, in all the movies. I can't. I can't decide. I love them both equally. I mean, you know, we start off Obi Wan in this movie with "Hello there." Yes. And it's just, it, it gave me the chills watching it last night because it was just like, that's what we grew up with, with the uh, prequels. Yeah. And, you know, I trashed them for years like, oh man, these aren't like the originals. And then it's like, you know, I've watched are, are them more and more. Trasher? I used to be. And then, you know, growing up and watching them, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, okay. I'm like, I, I totally get Anakin. I, it's you, like, I, you, you rounded back to what Lucas was going for. Yeah. It's like, I totally understand, empathize. And, you know, having Yoda kind of, you know, keep preaching the same words of, you know, um, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, okay, you know, you, you grow up and you see that. This is something that's cool because I've heard this before. Pr the prequel trilogy is a great story with horrible execution. Yeah, I think if they relied less on CGI and went like harkened back to the original trilogy where a lot of stuff was practical well the other also if lucas just w took a step away from being like i'm making this to make a huge step forward in the technology yeah. and he was focused way more on the step forward in technology and less on the movie it's like you already had made the big step forward with technology with the original franchise oh oh i wanted to talk about that but keep keep going because we're gonna get back to that but yeah it's like i felt like you know, a lot of people complain about Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman playing, you know, the two lovers. And it's like, well, we don't really see the chemistry. And it's kind of like, you know, over time, watching the movies over and over again, I can see it. I can see, you know, this younger guy pursuing this older woman and just the the taboo of their love because he can't be, you know, involved. He's a, a Jedi. He's yeah. sworn to protect and you don't get into any of that, you know. So it's like, yeah, you know, I have a lot more love for the prequels now growing up and seeing it kind of tie in with the movie, but I feel we kind of fell off that track with the sequels. Yeah, which is, it's so, it's so annoying we have to, how we have to phrase these, where we have the original trilogy, this, the prequels, and mm. then the sequels, yeah. all of them centered around the original trilogy. But I watched a little bit of Obi-Wan. I, I spoiled the ending for myself and I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, wow, this feels a lot like the original franchise. Mm. It's Ewan McGregor and it's Hayden Christensen again. And I was just like, it feels like we're kind of working our way back to what the original Star Wars universe felt like before we jumped into the future. Yeah, because like the original trilogy, and I wanted to make a point about the effects, is it is this movie is impressive yeah. for what it's able to do for 1977. Absolutely. I mean, just coming up with, let alone the creatures, but then coming up with all the camera techniques, the models, and feeling like... All that this, rotoscoping that's way too good. It feels like it's real. It doesn't feel like, 
oh, well, that, that's a toy that they're, you know, pulling across to make it look like, you know, it's a ship moving. It's mm -hmm. like, no, this actually looks like something that they constructed and it's actually moving through space. Yeah, because I, I watched the um, original 77 version, mm -hmm. like, that doesn't have the special edition CGI mm -hmm. bumps. Um, but it, it also looks like somebody kind of rubbed it over with a little bit of sandpaper, because mm -hmm. Lucas hates that version. Yeah. Um, but you watched uh, the one on TBS? Yeah, so that's probably the remastered version. Yeah, with, like, a, a couple of updated special effects and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that... Oh my god, I... Another thing that annoys me is that there's this is getting to be Blade Runner levels of versions, right? Because I think there's like three or four. There's like the OG, there's the OG mm. version. Then there's the version from like 97 that mm -hmm. Lucas did. And that was like with all the updates. Yeah. And then there was another one he did when the DVDs came out that like took a step away from some of the updates he did and fucked with with the special editions. But yeah. then he like still kept a lot in. And it's, it's like, really weird, because I think there is, like, three or four different versions of the movie. Yeah, so I, all I know is I watched the remastered version, and I've seen this movie a billion times because... It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. It's been a part of my life, my entire life, but it doesn't get old. I get excited watching it again and again. I get goosebumps in certain spots. The music, I mean, that'll be something that we talk about in this episode. Because John Williams. Because John Williams, and I think this was his second or third project after Jaws. That sounds about right. Because the John Williams score, there's a reason they keep going back to that guy. And I think, what is it? Is it the next Star Wars movie that's coming out? I think that's his last time that he's going to be affiliated with. Star Wars music. What is a? I mean, he's finally me. He's, he's retiring from it. So it's just like because he's what in his like his seventies or eighties. He's in his eighties, I think. Yeah, and I, I think he's probably doesn't want to keep being under the Disney uh, crunch time. Yeah, but it's just there's something special about John Williams, Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars alone is special, but I think it's everyone that had their hand and it just really made it something else. Yeah. Which is, which is why I don't like the remastered versions, because it feels like Lucas is kind of erasing everybody's, like, hard work and fingerprints on it. Like, it feels it feels like the kid who was like, oh, we had a group project, you know, together, and we all kind of did it. Yeah. And then he took it home before it's due, and then he's like, eh, that doesn't look right. And then he tried to, like, redo, redo it himself mm -hmm. and turn that in. I mean, that kind of sounds like something that you would do. Oh, no, I'm way too lazy to do that. I yeah, but I you're also OCD, so I could see you sitting there all night. You're like, nope, it looks perfect now. Okay, okay. Here's here's my thing with group projects. Either I um, am, like, overly involved, and I'm like, oh, I just want to do as much as possible and mm -hmm. do, like, almost all of it, or I want to be as, as little involved as possible and be as lazy as possible. Those are my two... Two modes of working sure, for these sure. group projects in school. Well, when you were in school, how were you, how were your group projects? I hated it. You hated group projects. I hated it because it was always a struggle. There was always at least one or two people that are like, "Okay, cool, we're part of the group, but I'm not going to do shit." So I'm going to let you guys do it, and we'll go and present, and I'll act like, you know, oh yeah, we we're part of it, and, and we'd be like, "Bitch, where?" They're <laughs> oh, we're, they're the guys who are like, "Oh, we're having a potluck this Friday. What can you bring?" And they're like, "I'll bring cups." No, I'll bring my appetite. Oh, oh, those guys. Mm -hmm. Those motherfuckers. I hate those people. Exactly. You, you can at least bring, like, soda. 
cups. Cups? Bring cups. That is the lowest effort thing you could bring to like a barbecue or a potluck. And also vital because people go through cups like nobody's business. It's true. And no one ever writes their names on a, on a no, cup. No, so it's you, like, I, I remember don't... you. There were people who used to leave their Sharpies next to like the water bottles or the mm-hmm. cup things at parties. That Sharpie never used. There's probably Or the Sharpie would get stolen. Oh, immediately. And then you'd write on somebody's like face when they're asleep or some such. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally didn't draw mustaches on people when they were asleep at parties. I'm not a monster. Uh-huh. Yeah. But back to Star Wars. Star Wars, yes, Star Wars. So yeah, so technology alone in this movie, just out of this world, costuming was amazing. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, it's not like in later movies where we're jumping from planet to planet. We kind of just stick with the space station, the the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tatooine. And Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon and the Rebel Base. But it's not like other movies where we jump a little bit more. So our actors more or less stay in the same costumes. We have uh, Mark Hamill and his... The iconic white, like, Jedi gear. Tunic kind of gear, yeah. (laughs) He's basically dressed like a guy from a samurai movie. Kind of, yeah. And then... You've heard that before, right? Yeah. Where Lucas stole, like, 90% of the movie from, like, Japanese samurai movies. Yeah, and I mean, we see that with the lightsaber, where, you know, it's the master and his apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And give, handing him over the sacred sword of his father. Yeah. That he will use to fell his father, who his father's mortal enemy, Darth Vader. Now, speaking of lightsabers... Do you remember a few Christmases ago, you got me that big scre- uh, speed graphic camera? I think so, yeah. It was uh, the big one. You had to put in, like, the film canisters, and you flip them out. They're from, like, the 20s, the 30s. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So that camera has a tie-in with this movie. Oh, really? It does. Because the flash on it, the base of the flash, that's what it's used for the handle of the lightsaber. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so- that's why my camera is missing the flash. Because a lot of people, they'll just go and buy the flash, and you could use that as your handle, or as your grip, for the lightsaber. That's fucking cool. Yeah, so if I I had it on my camera, and if I wanted to, I could have made my own lightsaber at home. That's badass. Well, that's the thing with- And it's like, who doesn't want their own homemade lightsaber? Exactly. Well, that's the thing with um, Han Solo's pistol, right? Yeah. Because his pistol's like, the base of that's like a real gun. Yeah. Because I know Adam Savage from, like, Mythbusters, he made one, mm-hmm. and he had, like, a, a few of them, and he was like, hey, these, you know, props guys back in the day were being kind of lazy, and it was a low-budget movie. When they made it, if they didn't do this certain yada yada yada, then they probably could have fired the gun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it, it's a really cool little thing, because I think people forget that this movie, even though it looks really, like, good and, like, expensive and all this crazy stuff, like, no one had faith in this. I think this was actually a pretty cheap movie relatively to everything else coming out at the time. Yeah, because I know they had to film some of it in Tunisia. A lot of it's in Tunisia. Anything in the desert's Tunisia. Because, okay, here's the budget. The budget um was $11 million. In ni- actually, $11 million in 77? That's probably... That's a decent amount of money. Yeah, that's, pro- that's probably like, you know, $100 million now. Some- something close to that? Yeah, and, it- I'm- and I'm sure it made it... A- Back and then some. Yeah, because uh, its box office at the time was seven hundred and seventy-five point eight million dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a movie ticket in seventy-seven was like a dollar or some such. Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, so you got to think like so, 
And people saw this movie multiple times in theaters. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know when it finally rolled out onto VHS. Oh, that had to have been another, another, like, almost five, ten years. Yeah, so, yeah, if you wanted to go see it, you gotta go back to the theater. And I'm sure after it finally made its run through the theater, it was, okay, they brought it back again. Let's take the family and go see Star Wars again. That wouldn't surprise me. I watched this thing, and it was people being interviewed when Star Wars was released. Mm -hmm. And it was some guy, and they were like, uh, how many times have you seen Star Wars? And they were like, oh, I've seen it uh, uh, 15 times. Yeah. And it was like another person, uh, 22. And then it's like this whole church pasture group. And it's like, I don't know, 30, 40 people. And they're like, we have seen Star Wars 115 times. And I'm like, you had to, there's multiple showings in a day you're going to. Yeah. That's insane. People didn't do that for Endgame. No, but I mean, ticket prices now aren't the same as a dollar. Yeah, but money money went way farther back then. Yeah, it did, but I mean, still, you know, justifying a dollar over, let's see, what did I pay for the Batman? I think our tickets were like twenty two dollars a piece. Yeah, well, weren't those IMAX though? No, we went to go see it. It was this thing that AMC did. It was like this artisanal feature. It's like mm. they increased the prices, so it's like you know, paying twenty two bucks every time you go see it. Or even paying $15 every time you go see the movie, that's a lot of money. But paying a dollar? Why not? Yeah, I guess. It's just it's just crazy to me. Because, you know, it, it, it's like Star Wars. Like, yeah. that was... That's a huge moment for the 70s. With everybody going to see it. It became everyone went to go see it. I mean, didn't, but, don't, don't you have a family story? <laughs> yes, yes I do. My mom, she went to go see Star Wars... Uh, at a specialty screening two weeks before the movie premiered. Mm -hmm. So she got to see it at the, uh, I believe it was the Chinese Theater mm -hmm. in LA two weeks before Star Wars premiered. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it blew me away. It was insane. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be a Star Wars fan two weeks before the rest of the country. You were living in the future. Yeah. Right? You, you saw the world differently after that. She was just sitting there waiting for the boom that would happen once Star Wars was unleashed upon the public. Yeah. But that, and that's the, the thing about star wars right you see the movie it's the the biggest thing it's like the biggest thing ever it's so different from everything else you've ever seen up to that point yeah and then you know you you look at it now we have movies that have, that dwarf star wars's box office right yeah. even adjusted for inflation like there's movies that just make more money titanic titanic made more money avatar made more oh. money um avatar is the best example avatar is the highest grossing film ever made mm -hmm. it is going to have a sequel this year that not too many people care about that not too many people care about it was one of the it was the biggest movie everyone saw it it was nominated for oscars it won oscars that movie has a negative cultural impact not not like oh it's bad for culture it's just that footprint like does not exist no it wasn't a movie that, you know, at the time when I saw it being advertised, I was like, oh, I have to go see it. I was just like, okay, whatever. Did and you see it? No, I've never seen it. You've never seen Avatar? No, I've never had the desire, the want to go see it. And it's like, oh, the the sequel came out or is coming out like 15 years later. It's like, still don't really care. It's like, okay. That I think that's the, the biggest problem is they waited 15 years to make a new sequel and i get it they wanted to make like avatar's biggest thing was it was this huge leap mm -hmm. 
in like cinema technology because they propelled everything to IMAX. Yeah. And that, and every theater had to switch over to it if they wanted Avatar. And it was a James Cameron movie, so they knew it was going to make money. I mean, Avatar was a big enough deal that Disney has it at one of its theme parks. Yep. It's at Animal Kingdom, I believe. I think so, which I wonder if they regret that, that buy deal. I don't they, know. I think I, they made that deal right after the movie came out. I don't know, because, I mean, a lot of people enjoy that park, uh, let alone, but enjoy that uh, section where it's just Avatar, and I've seen it in a lot of vlogs, like um, Paging Mr. Morrow, uh, super enthused, and it's just like, I've never been really into the Orlando parks, mm. but after seeing it in their vlogs, I'm like, well, that looks cool. It's like, maybe I'll give the movie a watch so I understand. Because it's just the way that they have the world set up is very beautiful. And it's like, okay, you kind of have my interest peaked a little bit. It, but do I still want to see the movie? Not really. Well, the thing is with Avatar is it's a pretty movie. Like, I won't take it away from it. It is a very, very pretty movie. Yeah, I mean, seeing it in but, the vlog, seeing, you know, the rides that are inspired by the movie, I'm like, wow, that's gorgeous. I don't really care about the characters. It's just I'm interested in seeing the world. And that's the thing. Like, that's the thing everybody gets to on Avatar is it's really pretty, but it's just Dances with Wolves or Pocahontas or whatever thing you want to say. It's just, it's like an okay story. It's just mm -hmm. not super interesting, but it's really cool to look at. And, and speaking of cool to look at, your mom got to see somebody very cool when she went to go see Star Wars in 77. See, rounding it back. Rounding it back. back we did. And uh, my mom also went to go see it at the Chinese theater. She took her um, her younger brother, my uncle, to go see it. He, I think, was 10 at the time. So perfect audience, you know. To see Star to Wars. To see Star Wars. Because a lot of people thought, oh, it's going to be like a kid's movie. And it was just... No, everybody loved this movie, you know, no matter what age. It, it, was, a, it was still a little bit of a kid's movie. Tiny it's, bit. It's a little bit of a kid's movie. Tiny, There's tiny There's Ewoks bit. in the third one. It's well, a, this well, is a kid's that's, trilogy. That's the third movie. This that's is, not the first a, movie. This is a trilogy But uh, yeah, my mom went to go see it with my uncle opening weekend. And uh, before the movie started, she went to go take a bathroom break and noticed that there was a bunch of security around the bathrooms. And she was like, well, I don't know if something happened, but I got to go. So she's like, you know, excuse me, can I get through? And they let her through, and Muhammad Ali walks out of the men's restroom, and she's just kind of starstruck. And, you know, I think he said hello to her or something as he passed her by, and she was just like, he is the most beautiful man I've ever seen. Seeing, seeing prime Muhammad Ali. Prime Muhammad Ali, therefore Star Wars. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, this movie is already great. It's amazing. But that's going to make your experience that much more amazing. You, you were this close to having Muhammad Ali be your father. This close. <sighs> so close. <laughs> but yeah. You would have been, boo, I am your father. Like, I am the greatest. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> nah. But I mean, that's cool. I mean, we've gone to a lot of, you know, opening day screenings. Mm -hmm. And man, we've never run into anyone that cool before. Oh, God, no. But that's the thing. Like. Okay, back back to the the thing about Star Wars, the like the culture and the impact and all this other stuff. Well, because everyone, I I don't know many people who who hate on a New Hope. I know no. people who just who just blanket are like I do not like Star Wars like mm -hmm. blanketly. Yeah, because they're just like I just don't like the fandom or I don't like what it has become. You know. Yeah, it was meant to save the dumb, not destroy it. But yeah, I mean, I have know... I have a friend. Uh, 
I think she saw one of the sequel movies. Mm-hmm. And just because someone was like, oh, hey, I'm going to put it on, you know, sit here and watch it with me. I've tried to get her to watch The Mandalorian. I've tried to get her to watch the original trilogy. And she's like, well, I've seen one. I should be good, right? And I'm like, no, you, you seen- need to watch <laughs> A New Hope and let that whet your appetite and then move on. I, I'm honestly of the opinion that New Hope, that's that's all you need to just no. understand Star Wars. I no, mean, no, to, to, to understand, understand it- Star Wars. Like, if you like A New Hope, I think New Hope's the top end of the franchise, of the, of the of the entirety of Star Wars. It's the top end. Everything else is is maybe not diminishing returns, because I do think, like, Empire and Jedi are good films, but New Hope is a great film. And then mm-hmm. everything else is degrees of okay to bad. Yeah, I mean, Empire is, I think, always going to be my favorite, and then A New Hope's right beneath it. Mm-hmm. it's just there's a lot more story it it gets you know more compelling because it's just this you know okay well why did obi-wan let vader kill him it's like we we get you know really the full scope of what's going on behind the scenes you know learning more about jedi culture because i mean they call obi-wan a wizard uncle yeah. Owen's like oh you know that crazy wizard and it's just like you see him with the robe and it's like Oh, yeah, well, I can understand why, you know. Oh, yeah, he looks like a wizard. And then, you know, seeing it's like, okay, this is really what the Jedi are. Well, that's the other thing is this movie is (laughs) really, really smart because I I think that's what a lot of, like, sci-fi and fantasy um, things mess up now Mm -hmm. is they go really deep and we exist in our own lore and our own culture and we create it out of of the ether and this is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. It's like... What the fuck's a Numenorian mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings? If I tell yeah. you, what is a Numenorian? I'd have, I'd have no idea. They, they're the ancient race of man that is the the descendants uh, would be someone like um, Aragorn, son mm-hmm. of Arathorn, king of Rohan. It's like saying, what are Metichlorians? What are Metichlorians, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you say that, it's like, what the fuck does that mean? But when I say, what's a Jedi knight? You know. It, he's, a, he's a knight of some sort of order and he is, you know, protector of, or something. Of the Republic. Of the, yeah. yeah, of a Republic or kingdom or something like that. A Jedi Knight, I get that. When you say when he says, "Oh, that old wizard up on the thing," it's like, okay, so there's some sort of like magic fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can move things with their mind with the power of the Force. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Force is, but I understand it. It lets you move things. You can like hand wave people with weak wills. Mm-hmm. It's magic. Yeah, like that's what it is. It's just magic. Mm-hmm. And then I think with the prequels, when they try to explain it, then that is just diminishing like the original trilogy. That's what I, I think that's my issue with a lot of Star Wars is they try to explain the things mm-hmm. we don't want to explain. I don't want to know what the force is. I don't care what the force is. I know what it is. It's magic. Yeah, it is, it's it just is something. It's, you know, kind of give us a little bit of it and then just let our imagination kind of build the rest of it. Because it's like, I don't need to know, you know, X, Y, and Z of it. It's just, you know, believe in the force. It's basically, you know, trusting your own instincts, letting, you know, your your body kind of take over and it's like okay it's like i like knowing that you know just trust your gut yeah and or, you know or, instead of you know oh you know you're born with the midi-chlorians or you don't have them and you're not a, a jedi well it's like but i want to believe in the force i want to you know i want to help yeah or, or the other thing like um with the god damn it midi-chlorians just get me on a whole tangent that i just really really do not like midi-chlorians <laughs> And I, I'm probably so late to the party on that one. Metachlorians are just weird and don't make a whole lot of sense. But with 
the force and like the magics and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. i think that's something the movie is very smart in doing because it's using these things and these terms or whatever and it seems really fantastical Mm -hmm. but you as the audience understand what's going on you understand okay wizards knights evil king and this oh it's a fantasy story Mm -hmm. i can understand a basic fantasy story and i'm just watching this farm boy find out oh you're the son of one of these and you're the last of of the jedi order and you need to rise up to defeat the the king the evil king and the only way to do that is by destroying his um his his kingdom his kingdom his castle and it's like that is the most that is most baseline Mm -hmm. hero's journey you can get and that's the beauty of star wars is it's this it's this beautiful pastiche. Yeah. It is it is fantasy. It is Tolkien as fantasy. Mm-hmm. It is Buck Rogers sci-fi. It is samurai cool. And it is like old west like old west gunslingers and pirates. And it is all the coolest shit that a young George Lucas thought was cool that he threw into a movie and Star Wars came out. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to tie in with uh pandora being at disney yeah because i know a lot of people had a big issue and disney bought star wars Mm -hmm. and it was just you know you're going to change it it's not going to be star wars and then they were going to bring it to the parks and people were upset you know oh you're just commercializing star wars when it's already commercialized i know but they (laughs) liked that it was like its own you know universe it was its own thing it's like we don't need it to be uh you know, streamlined with Disney. It, it just needs to be its own entity. They they didn't want Marvelification for Disney. Exactly. Or, so, or with Star Wars. Because once Disney bought the Marvel movies, and yeah, we got, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. it was the biggest thing ever, and everyone was super hyped about it. But the Marvel properties became very much... They stopped being, like, movies and started turning into products yeah. very quickly. And it became an issue where it's like... I. This is too much. Yeah. This is far too much. Like, it's a, I love ice cream, but you're giving me way too much ice cream. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with Star Wars is when... I, I, do you remember, like, right before Episode One came out and everybody was hyped to shit? And they're oh, like, yeah. I've been waiting for, for Star Wars for so long. There was, like, the one guy who was dying of cancer. Yeah, I remember his, that. And his wish was, I want to see The Phantom Menace before mm-hmm. I die. And Lucas was like... Yeah, yeah, I can show you a rough cut. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And could you, could, could you imagine, like that? You know, people are like, I, I need to see Star Wars. Yeah, and, absolutely. And now, in in the year of our Lord twenty twenty something, people are like, I have too much Star Wars. There's too much Star Wars coming out. Yeah, I mean, can we even roll it back. Even with the sequels, they all came out around my birthday. Yeah. So it's like you know, each birthday I went to go see the next installment and it's like even we if had it, a lot of fun yeah even if it wasn't my favorite of the franchise it's not a good time because it's star wars but yeah bringing it back to disney people were upset that it was going to be brought into the park and be like pandora and i was like okay i'm like let's see it took me a while to actually go see it because you know disney and prices and stuff and, like and that. when they opened star wars land they it, had a two-week waiting yeah you know having to select reservations and trying to you know get in with that wave so you were with me the first time we went to go see Batu, the, yeah. the fictional planet. And, you know, I'd seen it in vlogs and in pictures and I was hyped, but I'm like, watch, I'm going to get there and it's going to feel like a theme park, kind of small. And just walking into there, I mean, I think I I almost cried. 
I almost cried. <laughs> you you were about to be a Disney adult. I was. I I was so close because I mean, walking through the marketplace, I'm like, okay, this feels very Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And then getting to where the Falcon set up, and you know, you just have the the steam coming out of the vents of the Falcon, and I was just like, oh my god, these movies that I've loved my whole life are you know are real now. I could touch them. It's just like, wow, this is um. This is a life-altering experience, because it's just, it's right in my hands. Yeah, I mean... I think it would be like you going to New Zealand to see where the Hobbit's um, setup look, is. Look, look, I've, I've, made, I've made this promise to myself, before I die, I will walk, I will step foot in Hobbiton. I don't care if I'm mm. 95 mm. and it's fucking bulldozed over, I'm gonna see Hobbiton before I die, goddammit. Yeah, so that's how I felt, you know, stepping in there. It was just like, wow, this, uh, this franchise of movies, you know, with good versus evil, and even the the evil being kind of cool because it's like it's Darth Vader. How could you know anyone hate Darth Vader? It's like oh, yeah. he's the destroyer of planets and you know so many people. But it's like it's Darth Vader. It's like this is awesome. I, honestly, that's a good that's a good thing to bring up because this franchise, this movie, Star Wars, it is it is held on to people. For oh yeah, decades. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like um, another set of YouTubers I watch, Ordinary Adventures, Peter mm-hmm. and Kitra. They love Star Wars. I think their first video on YouTube was actually going to um, Batu when they were doing like the press media mm-hmm. coverage. So they went and they did like their first vlog. And that was my experience of seeing that part of the park for the first time. And it was just like seeing it for the first time through people who also love Star Wars and seeing them get choked up. And it's just like, it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are, what you're doing in life. It's like Star Wars just is special to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of nice that it wasn't just only me that felt choked up. They were choked up. I mean, they've gone to, uh, what is it? It's like the new uh, hotel over in Orlando that's just like dedicated to Star Wars. Yeah. It's it's really expensive, but I mean, you're immersed into the world of it. And it's just, you know specialty foods characters um they put you on secret missions and it's just like that is awesome if i had the money i'd probably go do it just to experience what it's like to live in star wars for a couple of days and and that's the thing because it all starts with this movie yes and with star wars new hope 77 however you want to call it star wars it's a it's a movie that when you when i watched it now because mm-hmm. i hadn't seen it in like since force awakens came out like five six years ago like i watched like all the movies leading up to it and Mm -hmm. i was like all right because i started with phantom menace and worked all the way up Mm -hmm. to return the jedi and i was going in for force awakens because i ain't gonna lie i was fucking hyped finally new star wars after fucking 20 years we went and saw that for my birthday yes we did it was we had a great time we were like it's just a new hope and then a few you know years go by and i came back on it and i watched force awakens again i'm like no this is just a new hope yeah. It's oh god. But so I rewatched it and I honestly was thinking I haven't seen it in so long. It's probably not as good as I remember. Yeah. You know, cuz I a lot of life stuff, you know, I'm like, "Eh, my interests have kind of changed, you know. I'm a way bigger Star Trek fan baseline. Mm-hmm. Like that's way more what I'm into, like space western versus like space fantasy." Yeah. And I was like, okay, I know all, like, the critique and all that stuff. Like, what people think of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Why they're, like, it's great and why it's bad or why it's not as good as you remember. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And I watch it and I'm like, 
Yeah, no, no, I completely understand why people love this. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. It is. So Jaws is like the first blockbuster, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Every blockbuster takes cues from Star Wars. Yeah. This is probably the biggest template by which all other blockbusters steal from. Absolutely. And watching it, I'm like, this is, this captures the imagination in a way I don't think other movies did. And I think that's why I don't like so much of the rest of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Because it takes away my ability for my imagination to run wild in the universe. Yeah. I, that's, that's my, my issue with Star Wars as a whole. Because mm-hmm. the first movie, I think is great. It is, it might be a masterpiece. It might be actually one of the greatest films ever made. It is. Okay, it's on the A5-100. It, it could be the, you know, top 10 greatest films ever made. But everything else after that, again, ranges from really good, maybe great, to pretty bad or not very good at all. But I love it all. You love. I mean, I understand. This is this is where where we come to here. You know. You know. I'm eh, whatever. But we can both agree. New Hope is great. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything that makes New Hope is great. But just the fact that you know, from characters, music, set designs, the fact that all of those things are great on their own, mm-hmm. it's just like you'd think. Oh, okay, this one thing is lacking in it. No, like, everything's on the same level. It's just like. Wow, I don't know how you did it with a lot of, you know, struggle because it's the 70s and technology isn't the same that it is today. And George Lucas has never been a um an actor's director. He's Yeah. He, you can even tell like Mark Hamill, um Harrison Ford, uh Carrie Fisher, they're working, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're doing their their damnedest as an actor, but you can tell Lucas is not giving them a whole lot of direction. No, and I think we've seen that in documentaries where they ask him and he's just like, well, you know, try doing it different, I guess. And they're like, well, how do you mean? I don't know, just differently than you did it right now. So it took a lot of them as actors to, you know, okay, let me really dig down deep and see what I can add to it. And it's just like, you get the rawness in this movie. Yeah, and I think that's why I love this movie so much. It This is like, it's Star Wars. It's, you know, it's not sleek and it's not clean. It's actually kind of kind of gritty and a little rough around the edges yeah it feels like a movie that was made by some like film school brats that just came into a lot of money and was like dude let's make buck rogers with samurais in space let's just let's fucking do that man yeah like that's how this movie feels to me and i and i love it for that oh absolutely it's awesome it came out amazing i mean i could watch this movie over and over i just i try to not because I, I don't want it to become like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I just watched it the other day. Is it is it the thing with me and Back to the Future? Kind of. Or it's like, I know if I if I go too deep into the well, the well will run dry, but I need to keep this, keep this well sacred. I need to be able to come back to this in the dark times. I mean, I watched this, I think, a year ago, because I think last May the 4th, I watched the movies all the way through. Oh, you, you did. Uh, yeah. You I... literally texted me, what is it, like? may 3rd 1159 i'm like and you were like hey um i'm not gonna be able to text you tomorrow watching star wars i I think i started my way from uh phantom menace all the way to uh the last skywalker whatever the last one that came out in the theater was because i know you watched every star wars movie in like the day everything yeah oh that was rough yeah it was a long day but 
I love Star Wars, so it was kind of worth. But, I mean, you know, coming back into this, you know, I know the quotes. I know what's going to happen. But every time I see that cantina scene, you better believe I'm going to be bopping to the cantina band. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, I'm going to be sitting there, you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for. You do that to me all the time. I know. I'm like, hey, uh, boo, what time is it? It's not the droids you were looking for. I'm like, can you, what, what, no, I just wonder what time it is. Not the droids you're looking for. I'm like, please, please just give me an answer. Hello there. Ah, uh, exactly. Hello there. But I think we need to talk about the music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, actually, what, we're like, we're like 50 minutes into this. We should probably talk about the actual movie. All right, you give the elevator pitch of what the movie's about. If people haven't seen the movie after how many years? It just celebrated an anniversary. uh, I think it's like 50-something. Almost 50. I think it's 47? I don't know. It's something. I know we just did a post about it not too long ago. So, um, Star Wars is the story of Luke Skywalker discovering that he is more than just a farm boy on Tatooine. He discovers that he is actually the son of a Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker. And through the guidance of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the help of the roguish smuggler Han Solo, he is able to go and save the beautiful and fierce Princess Leia from the clutches of Darth Vader and the Emperor. I think you're forgetting a couple characters. With the help of Chewbacca, R2-D2, and C-3PO. There you go. And through those, he is able to join the Rebellion, blow up the Death Star, and save the world. Scene. That is that is Star Wars in a nutshell. That is, yeah, um, and yeah, yeah, that is Star Wars in a nutshell. If you haven't seen it, ah, uh, you probably should. Um, and there's a lot of great things about it. We'll start with the music, and then we'll we'll go from there because the music yeah. is a whole character in this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let alone having the opening crawl. Yeah, which is stolen right from Ben Hur, another part of the pastiche. It is, but Star Wars just did it so well. I mean. Anytime I've seen a Star Wars movie in the theater, just getting that punch of the Star Wars theme, it's like, you know, hair goes up on your arms, just like, yes, this is going to be awesome. It's Star Wars. It's just, it gets you right in the feels. Um, I mean, we have Luke's theme, which is the Force theme. Yeah. Which is just, it's so inspiring. It's very iconic. Iconic, inspiring. It just makes you want to get up and do something because it's just like wow like you know he was able to you hear that and you're just like fuck yeah let's let's get shit done exactly i mean we have uh the imperial march we have the imperial march we don't have uh vader's theme in this movie yeah because that's an empire isn't it yeah vader gets his own theme in empire so it's like we get the imperial march and then that shifts into vader's theme in empire when it's it's really robust and bombastic Mm -hmm. but it's like you know you just feel it's like okay you know the empire is coming and you know princess leia's theme it's you know kind of soft you know it gets a little adventurous you know when luke and leia are trying to um get from one side of the ship to the other and the the walkway isn't there so And and at that moment you can tell that lucas did not plan for this to be a trilogy because they kiss right there yeah and you're just like because uh, Leia's making some eyes at Luke, all right? I mean, Mark Hamill is pretty cute. But then uh. you have, you know, Harrison Ford, and it's like... Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, is this, is this booze like, oh my, you guys are starting to challenge some of the other hotties on the on the list. Are they beating Skeet Ulrich in his prime? Uh, Harrison Ford, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young Harrison Ford beats your 90s Skeet Ulrich crush? Hell yeah, I love Harrison Ford. 
Okay. But I, I got points to bring up about Harrison Ford, but let's finish with the music. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the music is its own character entity, and it only expands throughout. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, because, I mean, I, I love Princess Leia's theme. It's it's beautiful. It's iconic. But uh, when she passed, Carrie Fisher, what was it like? Uh, it was like two years ago, I think. Two or three years ago. I think they were having um, the Star Wars convention that they have here in Anaheim. And John Williams came out and he had, you know, his his orchestra with him. And they did a tribute to Carrie Fisher and they played, you know, Princess Leia's theme. Oh, that broke me. Oh, I, I was just, you were done? I was done. I was just like, it was already heartbreaking losing Carrie Fisher and Debbie Fisher. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. And then seeing that, I was just like, nope. Mm, like, you know. Boo's, boo's bawling her eyes out. Oh, yeah. I was a wreck. I was just like, okay. But this is still so beautiful at the same time. Like, I can't. I can't. I mean... <laughs> That that's the thing, like, like this movie again, super iconic. I gotta say, iconic a million times because it is. It is. But like, Princess Leia or Carrie Fisher, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford's like eighty-two. Eighty. He he, he just, just celebrated just, yesterday. Yeah, his eightieth birthday. I think Mark Hamill's in his seventies. Yeah. And you know that's gonna be a that's gonna be a dark day in nerddom when they yeah. finally finally move on to the to the green hills with the white sand beaches. Yeah. But um, I wanted to bring this up about Harrison Ford, right? Harrison Ford fucking hates Han Solo. Yeah. He absolutely despises playing Han Solo. I That's don't understand why. why. I don't understand why he hates the character so much when he's so cool. Well, I, the other thing is he hates Han Solo, but loves Indiana Jones. Absolutely, yeah. And I wonder why that is. Is it a thing? Because we were talking about a, a minute ago that George Lucas, not an actor's director, mm-hmm. he's not a fan, but... I wonder if that's why Han Solo just, or Harrison Ford, just doesn't like being Han Solo is because it's just really difficult because he has to do almost all the work. Cause it could how be. Because how are you, a new director, going to tell Harrison Ford how to play Han Solo? Yeah. You know, and he's, and the other thing is, like, Han Solo in A New Hope, he's just playing every, like, Western, like, anti-hero scoundrel you can imagine right yeah because the cantina scene is just so fucking good yeah i mean versus like working with steven spielberg where spielberg really knows how to talk to his actors Mm. and really get the person into character and i think that's probably another reason why you know he's quoted i'm the only one that's gonna play indiana jones until i die (laughs) i i mean like the new movie comes out next year i think they is it did they actually get Chris Pratt to play Indiana Jones? Was that like a real thing or is that a meme? No, I mean, Harrison Ford's. Okay. Yeah, the, the next movie's coming out, I think, next year with Harrison Ford. Oh, shit. Okay, because I remember that was something people were talking about was, oh, they're going to reboot Indiana Jones and have mm-hmm. Chris Pratt play him. Yeah, they had people Photoshop his face over Harrison Ford's and it, it worked. So I was like, oh, okay, you, you look, you know, rugged. You could be indie and then Harrison Ford's like, no, absolutely not. I am Indiana Jones. He, he's like, there's a reason Shia LaBeouf didn't take on the mantle after the masterpiece <laughs> that is Crystal Skull. Yeah, it's like, you know, ooh, the hat landed between my feet. That's a sign. I'm going to be the next Indian. Harrison Ford's like, yeet, I don't think so. God, that's another thing. Like, we we had Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. That that was a movie that happened. And I'm like, what? What? Why did that happen? Was that just a money grubbing thing? Did did Harrison I mean, Ford I, really want to be indie one more time? I'm in the camp that I liked Crystal Skull. 
you only like it because it was a, just another Indiana Jones film. It, it was not a good f- movie. It had Marion. They finally got married. It's in the 50s. There's a biker gang. There's fighting. It is not a good film. It just has characters you like in it. I don't care. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't care. This is These are the arguments we have. Boo, it's, it's not a good film. But it had Indy in it. It's not a good movie. I still liked it. I understand. I understand. And I will fight you. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess. I'll, I'll, I will back down under, under threat of death, but Queen of the Crystal Skull is not a good movie. I still liked it. But uh, let's jump on to some of our non-living characters in this film, because droids are a big thing in this universe. Yes, and they, they are the, the opening of the film. Pretty they much. Are. They are the characters we, we meet first, we follow first, that we have a connection first with R2-D2 and C-3PO. And R2-D2 is great, even though we don't understand him. And C-3PO is the giant golden douche of Star Wars. I mean, the <laughs> love that people have for R2-D2, I am one of them. Of course. Is just... It's heartwarming because people love him so much. You don't understand a word he says. My grandmother, who hardly spoke English, even though she knew how to speak it, she was <laughs> stubborn. Refused. She refused. She was a stubborn woman. She loved her Arturito. 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 Absolutely loved him. I mean, there was a meme I saw. I hope it's true. But someone was like, he's like, yeah, my name's, you know, Arturo. Um, my parents, you know, they named me that, blah, blah, blah. And then one year they're like, yeah, you know, we named you because of Star Wars. And he's like, well, who's Arturo? No one's Arturo. And so he goes, no, Arturito. He goes, you named me after R2-D2? She's like, yeah, Arturito. And it's just like, it's a thing in my culture where we pronounce it Arturito. (laughs) And it's just like, I'm like, that is awesome. That is awesome. I think people love R2-D2 so much because he is so reminiscent of like, the cute animal or the cute sidekick, right? Yeah. You can't understand him, but he's small and he rolls around and he, he made, has a personality. He has a personality. His scream is hilarious when they like when they shock him yeah. and you know he goes flying and just his you know he's constantly fighting with C three PO, which um, I can't remember the actor who plays C three PO. Oh, Anthony Daniels, I believe. A- is Anthony his name. Daniels, who does a great job of you know playing against R two D two. You know, and it's just, you know, they're constantly bickering, constantly fighting. But any time that they're going to be separated, it's like, you can't separate us. This is my best friend. I mean. But I can't stand you a majority of the time. What is it? I think Anthony Daniels still insists on playing C-3PO in every appearance. Yeah, I think he has. I think he's he's like one of the only actors to be in every Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's the only one. Yeah, and I think Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2, just passed recently. Did he? I think so. I think he passed a couple years after Peter Mayhew. Oh, oh, Peter Mayhew passed away? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, he passed away a couple years ago. I I can't remember if it was during the pandemic or before. Yeah, so Kenny Baker passed away in 2016. At 81? Yeah, Peter Mayhew. 2019, right before the pandemic. The Peter f- May- I yeah. met Peter Mayhew at a con. Yeah, he, he passed. I don't know where you've been. I don't know. I'm not caught up on Star Wars lore. Hell, happened. most of the cast from the original Star Trek still kicking. I know, but... Well, Shatner went to space. I, he did. He's the Recently. Oldest, he's the oldest man to ever been in space. I know. Which also, fuck yeah. Like, Captain Kirk got, got to go for one last ride. Let's go. 
But yeah, we have a lot of droids in this movie. Uh, we have, what was it, the mouse droid that's on uh, the Death Star. Yeah. And it's just like... Where it's just like, why does that exist? But, but I, I love it. I Yeah, yeah, I'm so down with this existing. But I, that's the thing. The movie is tapping into the ch- your childhood mind so hard that it's like, Oh, this is just awesome. It's yeah. getting lost in the fantasy. I where mean, it's like, why is there a mouse droid? I don't know, but I like it. I mean, to go back to like ordinary adventures, they went to one of the Star Wars nights at Disneyland, and they brought out R2 and C-3PO so you could do like a photo op, and people were flocking to go take pictures with them, and it's like, I would be one of those people. I mean, when we went to Batu, they had uh, that R2 that you could buy in the droid shop, you you were trying well, I mean, real thing, hard to get that. That boy. thing was like twenty five thousand dollars because it was full scale and it, you could actually. Um, I think I don't know if you could work it with your phone or it had its own. It was remote. like Bluetooth and it interacted with stuff at the park. But I remember you were like, I wonder how much like scratch I can get together if I sold some stuff. I mean, I think I hugged it, even though it was like turned off. It was in a corner, but I was just like, oh my god, this is R two D two. I, I had to. <laughs> it slips. I, I there's some things that no matter what it is, you will pronounce with with us with a Spanish accent. I I can't help it. Like like salsa. I will not say it. You you will not say it. I'm not gonna say it. You're but, not gonna say it. But yes, salsa. R- no, Artudito. Artudito. I just you know, there's something about him. He's just you know he's metal. He's a machine, but he has so much character, so much heart. And we see that, you know, throughout the franchise of just how much of a ham he is. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. Like R2 D2 and C3PO, they're they're comedic relief. Yeah. They're the they're the two funny characters that we follow around mm-hmm. that are superfluous to the story. They're not actually affecting things like they're not the main characters, but they're the sidekicks that we as the audience attach to and follow. Mm-hmm. And with Anthony Daniels, who plays um, C-3PO, C-3PO is the most, like, stuck up, like, oh, I'm a proper gentleman, and I'm just mm-hmm. so flabbergasted by everything going on mm-hmm. here. It's like, how are we going to go through those? Oh, we, it's 1,550 to 1. We're going to survive this. Never tell me the odds. Like, Never tell me the odds. And it's mm-hmm. and it's so funny, their dynamic, even though we only understand one of them. Yeah. You know, C-3PO is the straight man, R2-D2. It's the Laurel and Hardy thing. Exactly. That's what they are. And we get to follow them as they just walk through laser beams at the beginning of the movie. And it's so hilarious. You have, you know, this gun battle happening between the rebels and the Empire. And they're just, you know, you know, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. And, you know, they never get winged or anything. They, they're totally fine. If you just get on the escape pod and just... I mean, free. you know, which is also, you know, a kick at the Empire that, you know, they can't get a single shot off at their target. There's... Isn't there a thing where they created an in-canon reason why the, the stormtroopers have it's terrible the helmets. aim? Is that what it is? Yeah, because remember uh, when Mark Hamill, or sorry, when Luke and Han get into the, the outfits mm-hmm. when they're trying to get to Princess Leia? Uh, I don't know if it's Luke or Han that says it. They're like, I can barely see anything because the eye holes are just so far apart and they wouldn't be where your eyes are naturally sitting. So it's like, well, yeah, how are you going to shoot at your target in front of you? If your helmet's blocking... You have no peripheral vision. No. That explains why you see the stormtrooper run into the door. Or when they shoot out the wall. When they're shooting at Han and a couple of them fall through the wall. Because it's just like, okay, I can't see anything, but I'm tripping over the wall and I'm down. It's just like... <laughs> it's, it's really funny 
how like you can tell some of the set is like really cheap. Yeah. Like when they're like they bump into the 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 wall or they bump into the door and you see it just just move just a little mm-hmm. bit and you're like, oh, that's just some plywood. Ooh, somebody was probably real mad you walked into that. Uh, it it's it's great. But after we meet, you know, C three PO, R two D two, then we meet the the man of the hour. Yes. Luke. Skywalker. I was gonna come up with a middle name, but he doesn't have a middle name. He's just Luke Skywalker. Luke the Force Luke Skywalker. The Force Skywalker. Almost called Star Killer. Almost. Almost so close. Play- we we get Star Killer in later movies. Yeah. I mean and he's played by Mark Hamill and I gotta ask, is this Mark Hamill's best role performance? Because I think him as this is gonna be so weird. Him as the Joker, I think Ooh. he's actually just that is probably a much better performance, and I think he's he has probably established himself as a bigger icon playing the Joker than he has as Luke Skywalker. I don't I don't know if that's true, but I think it is. I think he's just a better actor playing the Joker than he is at Luke as playing Luke Skywalker. I don't know. I mean, I, that's a toss up because he is he is completely taken over as the Joker. He's magnificent in anything he's in. He's, I can show you some bad Mark Hamill he's movies. He's in an episode of The Big Bang Theory, and I was just like, this is just amazing. And even, you know, the way they wrote it, the cast is just amazed by him. And it's like, I have a feeling they didn't really have to act too hard because it's, it's Mark, Mark Hamill. It's, uh, you gotta say it right. Mark fucking Hamill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, yeah, I mean, even from a young age watching this movie... I totally empathized with Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I felt like him, you know, just kind of trapped. And just wanting to, you know, be able to go off and do my own thing. And having it be tragedy that finally, you know, kind of took him away from where he was stuck. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, from there on, he's been the symbol of hope. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with, um, with Superman, you know? Mm-hmm. Where... Superman, oh, he's from uh, Planet Krypton, Crashlands, and he's raised by surrogate parents mm-hmm. to go up to, you know, represent truth just in the American way. When you break down Luke Skywalker, he's a he's a kid mm-hmm. living on a farm. Like, it, it's a farm, right? Yeah. And it's in the middle of nowhere, and his dad, parents, whatever, they're, they're not in the picture. Like, mom died, dad's off fighting the Empire, or he's dead. No, he's dead. Yeah, that, that's what they tell him? Yeah, like, yeah. Your, your dad died a long time ago. Yeah. He, he died along, his, both his parents are dead, and he's being raised by his aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. and then he gets roused into basically just just joining the army, or, or the fighting, rebellion. the rebellion, fighting against this over um, overpowerful, like, tyrannical dictatorship, yeah. right? And that's why I think a lot of people compare this to, like, um, war movies, mm-hmm. you know? I, I know people try and say, oh, Star Wars... Bro, Star Wars at the heart of it, it's just an allegory for Vietnam, man. Where where Luke Skywalker is like the the Vietnam and the Empire's America, and it's the rebellion versus the Empire. And it's like, I've heard that that critical analysis a lot. Yeah, I'd rather compare it to like Superman. So we'll we'll go with Superman. We'll go Superman because I mean it makes the most sense. You know, you're on this planet. Uh, that you, is just Kansas, just desert. Basically, you don't know who your real parents are, and you're just you know. That this isn't supposed to be your life. Your life is supposed to be something bigger. And you find out that you are not only different than everybody else, mm-hmm. but you are 
special. And you're the last of your kind. The last of your kind. You're the last of the Jedi Order. You you have these magical powers, this fantastical ability. You can move things with your mind. You can influence people around you. It, you are gifted the the magical sword that is the lightsaber that no other person is, could ever properly utilize except for a Jedi Knight. It's it's literally again it's part of the pastiche yeah. of the film where it's taking these other things of pop culture and film and in myth and lore mm-hmm. and combining it together. And I think Luke Skywalker's journey the hero's arc he is on the hero's journey he's on is so good. That's one thing about the original trilogy throughout it that I love is Luke's journey. He rises up as like the ideal of the rebellion. He is he is the hero. Yeah. You know, goes from nothing becomes the hero. Then through um Empire Oh, he is laid low. He is the hero who is now, like, fallen. You know, mm-hmm. he finds out, you know, his, the enemy he is finding is truly his father, and he is the lowest he can become. And then Return of the Jedi, he is slipping even farther into the dark side. Yeah. And then it's the point, at his lowest, he needs to decide, does he be the hero, or does he be the villain? Yeah. Does he, you know, be the villain and make life easier, or does be, or does he become the hero and go the hard way, but it'll be better for everyone else? Mm-hmm. And that's great. And then they ruin it with the sequel trilogy. Ruin it. Ruin Luke's character. And I know people defend that because he's, you know, yeah. But I think Luke's arc in this is fantastic. Oh, definitely. I mean, I know they kind of change up his character in the sequels. But I feel like Luke is still very much there. Yeah, it's definitely still in the line. It's in the line. I mean, I was heartbroken when they kill uh han solo off i mean did did you cry next to me in the theater i would have but it got spoiled like i think a couple hours before we went to go see the movie that that was your first mistake you know what i did leading up to star wars i turned my phone off and left it home for three days i thought you broke your phone and buried it Uh, no but i did i turned off my all my computer i didn't go on the internet for like two or three days it was I had to go media silent. It was getting dark. Yeah, I probably would have. If I hadn't been spoiled, definitely would have lost it. Yeah. But I mean, that's how these characters are. I mean, they just, they hook you in and they feel like real people. It's like, you know, we were talking about the droids and how much, you know, character and charisma they have. Same with the characters, same with the creatures. It's like, we don't understand what Chewbacca's saying, but we absolutely love him. That's what he's saying. No, let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win? Let the Wookiee win. But after we have, you know, Luke, we get into the ro- the, the gallery of his friends, the, mm-hmm. the roguish types. Yeah. You know, Han fucking Solo. Absolutely. Who's the the coolest uh, uh, smuggler this side of the galaxy. Definition of cool. Definition of cool. Definition of cool. The, the leather vest with the with the, with the leather um, knee high boots. That that's that's cool for you. And the cool blue pants with the stripes on the side. Mm-hmm. Han shot first. Han shot first. People got to realize Han shot first. Han shot first. Han's a, Han's a bad guy, and then it you know develops into the thing where no, Han's a not good guy, but he's got a heart of gold. He's, he's the guy who will always mm-hmm. come back for a friend. You know. Mm-hmm. He'll walk out of the room, but he'll be like, ah, God damn it. And he'll go back. That's Han Solo. Never tell me the odds. So that that line right there, that's the line that cemented Han Solo in pop culture as the cool guy of history, right? 
Or when they're getting their medals at the end of the movie, and he gives uh, Princess Leia that wink. That's just like, that's right. That's right. You're like, mm-hmm. I, I know what's going on here. This is mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, your your fan fiction has already been written. I mean, no, I don't. I don't dabble in that. Mm, not yet. Not yet. But you know, we get Han, we get Chewie, and again, they're they're the the rogues gallery. Yeah, we have Leia. Oh yeah, Leia, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, the 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 woman that launched uh, a, a thousand boys' wet dreams. That would be the next movie. Oh. Oh, was that the one with Jabba? With Jabba's Bikini Palace? Yeah. No, that was Jedi. That was Jedi, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it opens like that. Because Han's yeah. in Carbonite, and yeah. But she's still, you know... The, she, she, yes. And she's like, ooh, she's a princess. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, we have this in that 70s show where it's, you know, part of Eric's story throughout the entire series where he's just like... Madly in love with Carrie Fisher? Well, that and me- just obsessed with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, breaking out, like... The old uh, Darth Vader, like, toy box where you could put all your Kenner action figures in. Which we saw one of those, what was that, Tuesday? Yeah, we saw it the other day. It had some, like, swap meet deal. And I mean, I I think I've only seen them be- behind glass. Mm. I've never actually gotten to touch one with my own hands, so I was just like... You got to play with it for a minute? It's like, you know, I've seen these in documentaries, and I, I think my uncle had them. He had, like, all the Star Wars toys, the stickers, like, the tops cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, wow, I've never actually gotten to touch one of these with my own hands. So I went, and I'm like, it's kind of heavy. I'm like, no, no, this can't be. So I popped it open, and there were characters in each slot. I was like, oh, my God, I hit the gold mine. I should have asked the guy how much he you, wanted for that. You probably would have been, like, 50 bucks. Probably less, because he gave us a really good deal on the stuff that we got. Yeah. We but gotta that, go back. Probably. But yeah, and it's... It's just it's just the thing where it's like, it's so hard to talk about the movie, because, fucking, it's Star Wars. I feel like everyone's seen this. Or everyone has, like, an idea of what, what's going on I here. I mean, its footprint is just cemented in pop culture, where, you know, Family Guy did, what was it, like, uh... Um, oh, Blue Harvest. Yeah, they... Which was the, the whole, um... Family Guy parodies of it. I know Spaceballs. Spaceballs is just a parody of Star Wars. Yeah. That movie. Spaceballs, I people might want to go back and rewatch it. Because it's actually not doesn't hold up nearly as well as you think. Blazing Saddles holds up great. Young Frankenstein, fantastic. Mm-hmm. We love you, Mel Brooks. Love you, Mel Brooks. Blazing Saddles, or Spaceballs might might not be as good as you remember. I, I would hazard people to go give it another watch. It's still good. It just might not be as good as you remember. But I mean, yeah, it, you know, Star Wars just is never going to leave pop culture. Oh, God, no. It just means so much to so many people. It's inspired so many movies. That's a question. Because, you know, we don't have a definitive release of New Hope or just Star Wars like, high-definition, original, original mm. cut from 77. I don't think that, that exists really Probably anywhere. Probably not. Like, you know, that's, like, an official release, not, like, a fan-made one. Mm. Do you think because of that, Star Wars does have, like, a, a shelf life? Or do you mm. think... Well, n- newer generations who watch Star Wars, they're gonna see a version of Star Wars that's not the one that influenced and inspired hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people. I mean, I don't think we're... Different- I don't version? think we're ever going to have that original cut because, you know, people at the time probably didn't think, you know, oh, it's just another sci-fi movie. Here's the thing. It does exist. George Lucas just refuses to release it. Well, then, you know, that's his prerogative. And, you know, I think we're always going to have kind of like the remastered version that I watched. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, whether he decides to tweak it or not, hopefully he doesn't. It's like, just leave it as it is right now. But I've seen a bunch of um, people either our age or people who are a little bit older than us showing their children mm-hmm. Star Wars. And just, you know, the shocks of the things that happen in The Empire Strikes Back. And, uh, you know, this movie. And it's just like, wow, you know, younger kids that have not lived in a world without cell phones, technology, the internet, are still enthralled in the story. And I think it's always going to be that way. That Well, that's interesting. Because is there a point where Star Wars is, is going to fade? And maybe not go away. But maybe it'll fall into, like, the niche it, it once held. Where everyone's like, yeah, I know Star Wars, it's fine. But it's not going to be people who are like, it is Star Wars. I will die for these this franchise. Because that was, that was Star Wars for a lot of people for a long time. Yeah, but I mean... I think we're now starting to see people waning from it a little bit. Maybe like are. the Fairweather fans, you know? But I mean, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, you know? Eventually they're going to stop making the movies. And I would, I would hope they stop making the movies. But I mean, you're stuck with just the movies you have. It's still going to be a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's what Star Wars is going to be, you know? Whether people discover it through the books, comic books, mm. uh, shows on Disney+, Plus, or the original franchise movies, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be Star Wars. It's always going to be Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is such a big entity. It's like you'd have to, you know, find somebody living under a rock to not know what Star Wars is. I'm wondering if you could find somebody who doesn't know what Star Wars is. Have you ever have you ever heard that statistic? Uh, so somebody did this study, and it was like a real study where they traveled the globe and tried to find like very distant, very, like, under-contacted, like, tribes of people, mm-hmm. groups of people. People who were, like, de- like um indigenous people who lived deep in the Amazon, who, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't really get contacted by the outside world, like, very much, if at all. Yeah. And they showed them a bunch of symbols and things and just see if they could identify them. Mm-hmm. There, there were two things that were almost unanimously... Uh, okay, sorry, three things unanimously chosen wherever they went, they were able to at least identify that they recognized and they knew what they were. You want to take a shot at what those three were? were no, those... I'd rather you just tell me. Oh, you don't? Okay, yeah. you're, you're going to love them. Number one is is the Catholic cross, or the, the Christian cross. The, cross, you know, the yeah. cross, Number two is the Superman symbol. Yeah. And number three is the golden arches of McDonald's. Those are the three most recognizable symbols on planet Earth. I mean, those just sound like your three symbols that you live by. I really like McDonald's. It's a thing. That would be your main symbol. I, I'd be... One day, I will I will be old, senile. I will forget the names of my loved ones and what my children look like. But those golden arches, oh. Oh, I'll know what that means no matter where I go. I know that is home. I thought you were going to say one day you're going to get a McDonald's tattoo on you. Uh, I thought about it. I don't know if I, I'm dedicated to the lifestyle that much, you know. I want to have an air of, you know, class to me. Mm-hmm. But but that's like a thing. Star Wars, I think, is probably in that realm of identifiability. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the Empire logos, the Rebel logo. Um, I mean, even in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they're uh, getting down into the tomb... One of uh, the hieroglyphs in the tomb is R2 and C3PO. Isn't there also E.T. in there, too? Uh, I don't know if E.T.'s in there. E.T.'s in... 
Attack of the Clones? That's yeah. Or is it uh, Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, because the ET people are in like the Senate and shit. Yeah, they they pan over like all the ships in the Senate. It's a bunch of little ETs jumping around. It's just like, what? It's like (laughs) they made it home. They made it home. They made it home, and they also made it to their meeting. Could you imagine that's why E.T. had to go? He's like, I got on a drunken bender. Like, I need to, I got to go and do some politics real quick. Ooh, I, I, if I miss another meeting, they're going to kick us out of the Senate. Got to be back. <laughs> I'll see you, Elliot. Oh, God, I'm, in, in my head canon, E.T. is like, is the party animal senator who's like, I just got voted in, you know, basically just because yeah, I was everybody, no one else ran against me, but Ooh. I'm just doing this for the free Coke. That's, that's my kind of senator. Free beer. He liked his beer. Free beer. He did. E.T. E. endorsing underage drinking. I want that to be noted. Beer and Reese's Pieces. Okay, Reese's Pieces, though. Those are going to lead to my, my early 30s heart attack. No, they're not. I eat a lot of Reese's Pieces. That shit's And you never great. share? So, everybody, that is the film wow. club. I need to, I need to uh, get out of this fight. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with Star Wars? There's just so much to talk about Star Wars because the world is so big. Yeah. And it's like, I keep wanting to talk about the other films, so maybe we'll do something where, like, we, um, we Go- do, like, a retrospective of the franchise. Yeah. Cause... So we can really kind of run around and, you know, okay, let's jump to this movie, let's jump to that movie versus we're trying to just stick with A New Hope. Which is very hard. Like, I think if any... Anybody who's still listening at this point, yeah, we kind of just talked about Star Wars, and we didn't really talk all that much about New Hope. I mean, you, you know? know, we we talked about um, our mom's experiences with it. I mean, the fact that people were lining up around the block to see this. I I the, think the character's journey well, going on with Luke. With I Han. mean, you know the the fact that they had the characters out for like parades. Where, you know, they had them getting their uh, footprints cemented at Grauman's Chinese Theater. That's that's a weird one. Because it's like, it's like, oh, Clark Gable, Mae West, R2-D2 and C-3PO. Wait a minute. And Darth Vader. And Darth Vader. And I'm like, wait a minute. These, those are fictional characters. What happened here? Even the whole ordeal of David Prowse, who played physically played Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and uh, James Earl Jones voicing Darth Vader. Because that was a whole controversy. Because David Prowse was, you know, well, you have me reading the lines and I'm playing against the other actors. And then you kind of went my, behind my back and, you know, brought in James Earl Jones. And it's like, that's who we know to be Darth Vader. You want to know the best thing about David Prowse? Hmm. So David Prowse, he, he goes on like the con circuit and he, you know, yeah. does signings, all that other stuff. He passed recently too. Again? Where are you? I'm sorry. It happens. So he um would sign things since like... Like, um, signed by, you know, like David Prowse, the, the, the real, real Darth Vader. Yeah. And he got into some shit with, I think it was, like, Disney or whatever. Because Disney wanted to push, like, no, James Earl Jones yeah. is Darth Vader. So they can have him as the iconic voice, and mm-hmm. he is Darth Vader. And, like, the guy in the suits, oh, it's a stunt man, doesn't matter. But and David Prowse responded with, uh, no, I am Darth Vader. I think he sent them, like, a letter back. Because they sent yeah. him, like, a season, he sent it back and says, like, um, I can do what I want. This is a free country, signed David Prowse, the original Darth Vader. Yeah. And I'm like, you you fucking go, David Prowse. You're awesome. Also, he's in the Clockwork Orange, which is cool. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. And everyone is like, Darth Vader's in a Clockwork Orange? I'm like, yes, he's the he's the big dude that carries around the other dude who's in the wheelchair. It's great. But it's like I can respect both actors. Because yeah. I mean, you know, Darth Vader is such a presence. Presence. And then James Earl Jones' voice is just so iconic. And it's just like 
kind of makes you shudder a bit. It's like, holy crap. Yeah, I can see how he's the destroyer of worlds. That's And that's the thing. I think that's the beautiful pairing going on here because, don't get me wrong, James Earl Jones, he is a fantastic actor. He's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. But I don't think he has that physical imposing presence that david prowse has in well, yeah, the costume david prowse is he's like six foot seven or something yeah and jacked yeah so it's like yeah having someone that height and that build yeah of course he's gonna look you know terrifying next to like little uh princess leia but princess leia is just like i'm not gonna put up with your shit i don't care who you are <laughs> you you remember princess leia as the baddest bitch in all of the galaxy hell yeah and she is Ah, <laughs> uh, i really like star wars <sighs> Me too. i really like this movie i love star wars <sighs> and i can't wait to talk about it again we'll figure out a retrospective at a later time yeah we'll, we'll probably come back and talk about a new hope in a little bit more more detail more detail and then really kind of just run around with the other movies yeah because are you even ready to do the return of sky the return of skywalker uh not really that's probably gonna rise be rise of skywalker it's gonna be like a shorter talk but really getting into like empire return um menace clone War. clone wars revenge of the sith uh can we wait can we do can we do clone clone wars the, the animated show that that show's fire so oh yeah it's a great show i love that show can, can we just do uh, that we'd have to figure that out too because i think that's gonna have to be its own episode because there's just so much that happens yeah yeah uh that one would be like an episode a season or some shit yeah but um yeah so star wars Highly recommend. Two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up on A New Hope. Definitely go at it. Uh, this is this is the the pinnacle of the franchise. This is the top end. Yes. This is definitely, like, you watch this, you understand why Star Wars is so big. This was a game changer. This was a true summer blockbuster. Yes, in every sense of the way. And that leads us on to our next summer blockbuster for the year of 1978. I got spoiled as to what this is. What would you like to tell everybody? What we're going from, we're going from fucking Star Wars to, to the 50s, because we're going to be talking about Greece. Oh, fuck, it's Greece? It's Greece, oh, yeah. Oh, god damn it. I thought it was, I thought it was something else. You did, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Greece next week. Yeah, so stay tuned. If you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel, The Film Vault. That's The Film Vault on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, and watch more of our videos. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at The Film Club Podcast, where we post stories, trivia, our adventures, and yeah. And with that, everybody, we'll see you next week at The Film Club. Have a good week.